Sea of Thieves is a game that I dismissed out of hand almost immediately. And it wasn't that I was being particularly dismissive at the time, it's just that when I booted into the game on launch day back in 2018, I was matched with a team that already had a ship rocking and rolling, so I thought this is going to be great, they're going to show me how the game works, I'm going to get to sail with them, this will be fun didn't turn out that way because the instant that I loaded in they voted me into the brig I was locked down there couldn't do anything and after about 10 minutes of waiting for the game to start I realized this was the game and I had been griefed so I loaded back out and I tried again and after three or four repeated attempts every single one of them landing in the brig I was done. I hopped into a solo player mode to see what the game had to offer to a single player, but there really wasn't much of anything. You had a small ship, and I continued to get griefed at the time by bigger ships that were sailing around. It just wasn't interesting. It wasn't fun. There didn't seem to be any quests or story to engage with, so I moved on pretty quickly. And that's where I left the game for years. Two and a half, three years or so to be exact. But now, having gone back to it over on the Twitch channel, streaming it, I can say the game's actually kind of fun. <laughs> this is not something I expected to be saying in 2021, that Sea of Thieves somehow turned itself into a game that's somewhat fun. But... I'd be lying if I said I don't enjoy it. So today we're going to break down what makes Sea of Thieves work as a game, what they've changed, how you can play it now that's going to allow it to be enjoyable, and more importantly, perhaps, how you shouldn't be playing this game. Because there is a major subset of players where if they jump into this game right now, they're going to have a horrible time. So. Bear with me, I'm gonna break it down. But first, quick thank you to our sponsor, Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes for every kind of learner. Whether you're looking to discover a new skill or refine something that you've been working at for years, Skillshare has the classes to help you achieve your goals. I, for one, struggle with time management and the ideation process when it comes to this YouTube channel. And sure enough, Skillshare has classes that have helped me with these issues. Specifically, I recommend Productivity for Creatives by Thomas Frank. He's got a bunch of great ideas for training inspiration to the point where it becomes like a muscle, to the point where you never even struggle with writer's block moving forward. And I can attest it actually does work if you put what he says to practice. I've also taken classes on editing with Premiere Pro, my software of choice, or using Photoshop, and I even took a class on cold calling for my day job. There's no ads, they're always adding new classes taught by industry experts, and it's less than $10 a month with an annual subscription. And even better, the first 1,000 subscribers of this YouTube channel that go and click the link in the description below will get a free trial of the premium membership so that you can explore your creativity and refine your passions. Again, click the link in the description box below to start your free trial of a premium membership today. So Sea of Thieves is a game that is now on Game Pass, so it's free to play if you have that membership currently on Xbox or PC, and it offers cross-play across Xbox and PC, meaning that you can play with your friend who's on an Xbox if you're on PC and vice versa. Now there's three different types of ships that you can sail in Sea of Thieves. There's a sloop, a brigantine, and a galleon. The sloop is designed for one to two players. You can operate it by yourself, however, it's easier to operate with two players. It's pretty simple. There's 
there's two cannons on it, one on each side, and there are two harpoon guns that you can use to quickly navigate around, tight turns, etc. Perhaps the biggest difference between this and the bigger ships is not just the support for more players, but also the amount of storage on the ship itself. There's only going to be two barrels for food, two barrels for cannonballs and ammunition, and then one barrel for planks that you'll need to repair the ship. It's not that big of a deal, but especially if you're planning on going on longer voyages with just one or two players, it's going to be important because you're gonna have to stop off multiple times to collect more resources. This ship is definitely designed for quick outages as a solo player or for two players while they wait for the rest of their team to show up. This plays into one of the bigger issues with Sea of Thieves, but again, we'll get to that in just a second. The second kind of ship is a brigantine. This is slightly larger with support of a crew of roughly two to three players. You can sail this one by yourself solo if you wanted for some reason, but you're going to be slow. Your maneuverability is going to be minimal. It's not a good idea. If you're playing solo, don't even bother with this. The ship is noticeably bigger with an increase of three barrels for ammunition and cannonballs, which makes sense because there's four total cannons on the ship now, along with two different masts, which you're going going to need to control if you want to navigate at full speed. And then lastly, we have the Galleon, which is the biggest ship that players can operate. It's recommended that you have a crew between three and four players to operate this guy, and you're going to need it, especially if you get into any sort of heat, because there are eight total cannons for you to operate. There's increased storage capacity, and now there are three different masts that you're going to need to control in order to once again operate at full speed during heavy winds. Now, sailing with all of these is relatively straightforward. You have the masts that you have to control by raising or lowering the sail and angling it so that it catches the most wind possible. There's also a wheel for steering, and if you really want to get advanced with your maneuvers, you can drop the anchor, perform tight turns, or use the harpoon guns to make tight turns as well. This is one thing to consider with the bigger ships. As you go up in size, the size of the anchor naturally increases. So, if you ever need to drop the anchor to perform a quick spin around to get the jump on an enemy, for instance, you have to factor in the added time for raising the anchor back up because they assume that you're going to have your whole crew helping you raise the anchor whenever you need to. So trying to raise the galleon's anchor by yourself can take a solid 30 seconds versus raising the sloop's anchor, which is going to take you five. Now, I'm sure I don't need to tell you this, but the galleon is by far the most aggressive and powerful ship that you can operate within the game, at least as of right now, as of today. The developers tried to balance this out by having it so you need more players in order to sail it and operate it. However, when paired with the matchmaking system that they have, you can find yourself getting into trouble with these guys fairly frequently. You see, regardless of which ship you're sailing with, the game is going to use a dynamic matchmaking system to take you between servers as you play. What this effectively means is that you can be on one server sailing for 10 minutes or so without you even realizing you are swapped to another server where different players are playing so that you can encounter them because they're nearby. The system that they've developed is going to do this roughly every 10 to 15 minutes to ensure that you see other players roughly every 15 to 25 minutes. This gives you just enough time for a major encounter with other players, whether that's fighting or just avoiding them because you have all this booty on board and you don't even want to mess with it. it gives you enough time to repair your ship, get angled where you need to go, feel comfortable before the next threat 
shows up. And frankly, it works pretty well. I'm pretty happy with it. It keeps the game interesting and it moves along quite well. Furthermore, after returning to the game, after all of the patches in 2020, I can say confidently that the server issues that I experienced at launch seem to be completely eliminated. I didn't deal with any server drops or connection issues or players getting booted, nothing. It worked very well for me and everybody that I was playing with, which is important because when you have a system that's dynamically pairing, matching, and moving players across servers, you would expect that there's a lot of links in that chain that could break if there was any weakness whatsoever. However, it does seem as though they've done their due diligence and that the system works well. But the biggest question to me with this matchmaking system is whether or not small ships are going to be paired with big ships, because understandably a sloop taking on a galleon is not exactly going to be a fair fight. But the kicker is, is that you actually can encounter galleons when sailing sloops and vice versa. It can often feel completely unfair if you're operating a galleon and you see a little sloop in the distance parked at an island going looting and pillaging, doing some quest, you just sail right up to them, blow the crap out of their ship and sail away. You feel horrible, you feel like a terrible person, I guess like a pirate. It's great, but if I was the one operating the sloop, I would feel pretty horrible. And I have to wonder why they made this choice. Why wouldn't they just set the limit for what you can encounter to whatever ship you happen to be sailing at the time? So for instance, if you're sailing a sloop, you only see sloops. If you're sailing a galleon, you only see galleons. That way it's always fair. You're only taking on pirates that have an equal chance of kicking your ass as you do kicking theirs. And to be honest, I don't know the answer to this. I don't know if it's that they want to just make sure that you encounter a variety of players, so they open it up so you can see whoever you see, or if it's a player number issue, there aren't enough players playing at any given moment for them to have galleons galore to match up with you, or if it's just a matter of player numbers, so they have to just throw whoever they have at you when they show up. I'm not sure what the answer is because they don't release player numbers for this game but it seems like a weird choice to throw sloops against galleons and vice versa. They balance this a little bit by trying to make the smaller ships more maneuverable, making tighter turns, and also faster. However, in my experience, it doesn't actually matter that much, especially because more experienced players operating on, say, a galleon are going to have cursed balls, which often have abilities that can completely stunt the speed benefit of these smaller ships. You land one of these cursed balls that slows movement, and you're boarding within a minute and a half. And that brings up the top of combat. It's fairly stiff. Melee combat is a bit of a joke. You have a sword and you can click to slash with it and that's about it. <laughs> there are a few different types of guns that you can use which add for some versatility whether you're using a sniper or a blunderbuss. It takes different approaches. You can get up close and personal or you can stay off in the distance with the sniper. It's up to you. It adds some variability, but not enough to make it really interesting, especially because there's a distance limit on the sniper rifle. You can't go sniping somebody from more than like 100 yards out from where you are at any given moment because the bullet will drop significantly. So it's it's not really effective as a sniper. It's more of a mid-range weapon. But even though the combat is pretty stiff, it doesn't really matter because the enemies are just as stiff. Whether you're taking on skeletons or other players, their movements and capabilities are just as stilted as yours. So it's not like you need slide canceling or iframes during 
dodge animations in order to make the combat work because the enemies are of no real threat. Really, it's incredibly uncommon for you to be playing through a Sea of Thieves mission, encounter some skeletons, and get in trouble. It can happen on some more difficult quest lines, but it's pretty rare. Especially when you factor in the throwables that you have, such as firebombs or small explosive bombs, makes it so you can clear out a large number of skeletons pretty quickly. But what about ship combat? Well, thankfully, this is where the game actually gets really fun. You see, Sea of Thieves, when it's at its best, is a game about teamwork. It's a game about you working with your crew to perform all of these complicated tasks at once, working together to achieve a common goal. Whether that's sailing to one destination way off in the distance or taking down this ship that came out of nowhere and started firing on you, you all have to be on the same page working together to make it out alive. The first few times that me and my crew encountered other players, we decided to take them on to figure out whether or not we could stand a chance. And we didn't. The other ship was practically doing donuts around us. Our movement was stiff. We couldn't figure out how to operate our sails properly. Our cannons were out of cannonballs and we couldn't figure out where to reload them. The whole thing was a mess. However, after a few hours of practice and taking time to prepare and understand how the ship worked, we were doing just fine. We assigned basic roles. We had a captain that was in charge of maneuvering that would call out for sail adjustments if needed, but would try to operate them mostly himself if able. We then usually had one or two people on cannons, and then if we had one more player available, they would be down under the ship making any repairs that might pop up as the enemy kept shooting at us, damaging our hull. And this system works pretty well, and this is what it takes to be really successful in this game. You have to have roles assigned effectively to each of your teammates. Everybody has to be on the same page working together to make this happen. And when it works, it works really well, and it feels fantastic. Added to this are all sorts of strange defensive strategies if you start getting chased by a ship that you don't want to deal with, such as this one time that we were sailing away from a ship, they were chasing us down, and we just didn't have the ability to take them on or handle this engagement. So my buddy Caleb, who I was playing with, grabbed a bunch of explosive fireballs and cherry bombs jumped in the water behind the ship and as the enemy team came up behind us he climbed their ladder went down into the hull of the ship without them re realizing that he was even there threw all of the bombs lit their ship on fire dove back in the water took a mermaid back to our ship and was fine and we were able to escape without taking any damage whatsoever fulfilling all of our bounties and not losing any of our treasure and it's those high stakes moments where sea of thieves feels like such a phenomenal experience. And that's why this game fundamentally at its core is a sandbox in the pure sense of the word. It's a game where they give you all of the tools for having fun and they just leave you to it. Some people will love this, others will hate it. There is very little structure here. There's some basic quests, bounties, and things that you can take on. You can choose to work with certain alliances and fly their flags in order to go and collect extra booty once you sell back the things that you collect. There's some things such as that which add some structure to the game, but for the most part, you're going to be making your own fun. This is why I've said before that Sea of Thieves is a game with one particular playstyle and approach that works. All the others will lead to a very unfortunate and lame experience. You see, just because Sea of Thieves allows you to play solo doesn't mean that you should. I tried spending around five hours playing Sea of Thieves alone by myself, and it was 
boring, bland, uninteresting. Even trying to engage with other sloops that were sailing around the high seas wasn't that interesting because there was only one other player. They didn't want to mess with me, so they sailed off and it just turned into a chasing match where I'm running around trying to get an angle to take a shot at him. But there's nothing you can really do because your movement is maxed out when sailing in a sloop. So it turns into a big cat and mouse chase where the cat is missing a leg and can't actually pick up any speed. That's got to be one of the weirdest analogies I've ever thrown out. <laughs> Truly, the only time I started having fun with Sea of Thieves was when I got some friends together, we downloaded it because we all had Game Pass, and we tried playing it all together on one big galleon. Once we did that, the game clicked. It made sense. We had a fantastic time sailing around the high seas, trying to avoid krakens and megalodons, playing music, getting drunk, climbing up to the top of the mast while drunk and trying to jump down to the different levels without falling and dying. All of that was fun we made for ourselves, but it was fun because it was our friend group. It was people we knew that we were having a great time with. Playing with strangers, can be enjoyable, I've been told. However, in all the times that I've tried, I haven't been able to match with anybody that was any fun or wanted to deal with me. So I wouldn't recommend it. Now, normally reviewing a game such as Sea of Thieves would be really difficult because you're trying to make a value estimation of this product because fundamentally that's what it is. But this game is on Game Pass which makes this a little bit different. Are there issues with Sea of Thieves? Yes, absolutely. There's a lot of things that I find baffling, such as the fact that there is zero player progression. No matter how many hours you've put in, you will have no benefit or advantage against somebody that just started other than your cosmetic items and your knowledge of how the mechanisms of the game actually work. I guess for some people that might be looked at as a benefit because there's never any sort of unfair advantage somebody has where you get griefed by a level 150 player when you're starting out at level one it's not going to happen but at the same time it's also really frustrating because there's nothing that will ever change in the gameplay loop you aren't going to gain any new tools abilities nothing it's going to remain static for the entire length of your playthrough even though there's not really a playthrough it's a sandbox there's no story you're just going doing stuff for the sake of going and doing stuff again that's part of the reason you need friends to play with because that's going to motivate you to continue exploring and playing because you're spending time socializing with your friends while you're having some fun mini adventures in this game and that's probably my biggest frustration is that the game doesn't do anything to motivate the player to continue exploring and engaging with it. All of the motivation to play comes from the player and I guess a desire for cosmetics and that's about it. The game is pretty lazy when it comes to motivating you. There's some longer quests that can take an hour or two to complete because there's a bunch of different tasks you have to complete in order to accomplish the broader goal of the mission. But beyond that, there's no quests that's going to take six months of grinding and playing to get other than these long-term goals of achieving this crazy expensive cosmetic item that you see in the store somewhere for a ridiculous price. But as long as you go into Sea of Thieves, understanding that the game's not going to do anything that breathtaking, it's not going to blow you away, it's not going to have an engaging story or something that keeps you coming back trying to figure out how this whole thing's going to resolve. As long as you understand this is a sandbox, 
that gives you some weird fun stuff to play with and says go at it you can have a really good time and i think that's where a lot of players have gotten confused they looked at sea of thieves and wanted something else they wanted what perhaps skull and bones if that ever releases is rumored to have which is a story an interesting gameplay dynamic and system where you can actually progress and you go from somebody starting in the pirating industry going all the way to blackbeard levels of pirate legendary that's not in sea of thieves that's not what this game's about and if you know that that's not what this game's about and go into it with the expectation that you're going to have fun with friends screwing around on the high seas you can actually have a fantastic time so there you have it Luke Stevens recommending Sea of Thieves, something I never thought I would do, especially after playing it on launch day. I am just as baffled as you are, but I've actually had a great time with this game over the last month or so, playing with some friends and screwing around. I don't think I'll play it for a year or two years. I don't think it's a long-term thing, but what I have played, I've really enjoyed. And the fact that it's on Game Pass makes it a no-brainer. I mean, if nothing else, it's kind of a testament to the amazing value that Game Pass brings to the table, that it's changing how we review and recommend games. Because this game is a sandbox, some people will love it, some people will hate it. Because of that, because there's no structure, normally we would say probably stay away, only go after it if this really sounds fantastic. But now because of Game Pass, we can just be like, try it, give it a shot. Only with friends, playing solo sucks, but try it for like an hour or two with your friends. See if you like it. You might just find that this turns into a new mini obsession for you over the next six months. You never know be pleasantly surprised as I was but that's it for me and as always if you have a game you want me to tackle and look at in the next video make sure to leave it in a comment below or tweet it at me at Luke Stevens TV also make sure to follow me over on Twitch so that you can watch me play these games for these videos before they even go up but that's it for me I love you guys I'll see you in the next video bye bye